0: Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. As always, I'm your host, Michael Chenitz, and this is a special edition from KubeCon. So today we have Carla and Gustavo from Container Solutions.
1: Yes. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Mike. How are you?
0: Good. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
1: We are alive after a long party yesterday, but it's great to be here at KubeCon. Yeah,
2: fine. Working fine. I'm doing fine.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I, I, I don't know what we were talking about about this party last night. I, I feel like I don't remember any of it. And that might be a good thing,
1: but... Yeah, but I, I saw you there, Mike. <laughs> I promise you were there. I have proof.
0: <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true.
1: So, um...
0: Tell us a little bit. First of all, you guys are both from Container Solutions. I've had Carl on before, but you know, tell tell everybody a little bit about what does Container Solutions do. I know that you guys do cool stuff. I, I know that for a fact because I always see you got your names everywhere. But, but tell, I really don't know that much. You know, honestly, I know that you know you've done some stuff for for Cisco where I work. But but what's the core there?
1: What's the core? Wow. (laughs) The core is that we are a cloud consultancy who help other businesses migrate to the cloud. Or if you are on the cloud already, you're stuck in your transformation, we can help. That's in a nutshell what we do. And it's not just on a technical level, but we also support with strategy and, and cultural development in the company.
0: Which is a huge thing. You know, it's funny that you mentioned cultural because... I feel like that uh, the cultural aspects sometimes trump everything else because unless you have the right culture and unless you kind of ingrain that kind of cloud native way of of doing things and that comes from really from the top down to start start all of that then it's very hard to to do anything.
2: Yeah, actually what we see is that. a lot of our customers actually only struggle with this little bit, with the culture itself. Yes. And that's kind of the main cause when we go there, where we try really to build this uh, rapport, this trust, is to enable teams to actually trust each other. And it, it's actually harder than doing tech. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> I is. mean, where's the book that teaches how, how to do that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's a good point. We, you know, that's, somebody should write a book on that, on the, on the social aspects of it. I think that would be an amazing book.
2: Yeah exactly uh, how to actually uh, what it means to be a cloud native culture right Yes. Uh, what, what we need to try to achieve here at container solutions we believe this is related to experimentation like feeling comfortable to experiment to make mistakes learn yeah. and fell forward right yes <laughs> fell forward fall yes. forward exactly yeah. yeah
0: absolutely so so you've come on today you have a exciting new open source solution that you're introducing are you introducing it here or are you or has it been introduced already
2: I think it has been introduced already <laughs> but anyways it's like spread the word right yeah yeah so uh, it, the solution is the external secrets operator ESO ESO
0: yeah, it sounds like secret service or or something really really like Classified and, like, you really yeah. have to be be on the node to do something with it.
1: That's why I have <laughs> a CS Confidential T-shirts. Nice. You know, this is all... I don't sic- have one of those, by the way. Uh, it's only for internal people. Oh, yeah.
2: okay. It's very it's VIP. Very, okay. It's only VIP. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so the external sequence operator, it's kind of a project that came up while we were doing consultancy along customers. This is, like, I think the good part, the best part. Oh, of there's bad around, parts of it? Oh, 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 there's always. <laughs> Sometimes. There is always. But the, the cool thing about consultancy work is that you get to know the pain points of the whole industry mm-hmm. quite fast. Because, yes. I mean, you go one place, mm, you go the second place. Mm. Yeah. So at Container Solutions, when this kind of thing happens, we tend to create an open source project for it. That's for a fact. And long ago, before I even joined Container Solutions, we've seen that handling secrets to for the whole GitOps scenario, it's hard. Yeah. It's something that we're talking even today, uh, three years ago. Three years ago, we were saying it's hard. We're even talking today at KubeCon, we have like three talks about it, like how to handle secrets. Yeah. It's, we're still trying to figure it out. And back then, uh, we decided to create this uh, open source project called External Secrets Operator.
0: It rolls off the tongue, by the way. External Secrets Operator.
1: ESO. Like, yeah. ESO, ESO, ESO. It's easier. Uh,
2: yeah. ESO yeah. is easier. ESO <laughs> is easier. Yeah, we, t- we tend to say ESO because...
0: Yeah, it's, that sounds much better. <laughs> I, will, I will start with ESO. <laughs> there you go.
2: So, uh, the, we had this project, ESO. Uh, after a while, we kind of seen the community around, and there were like 15 different projects that essentially did the same thing trying to handle secrets for the whole GitOps context, how to actually bring the secrets from a proper store, from a provider either from Google Cloud Secrets Manager either from AWS Secrets Manager, either from HashCorp Vault all of these places where there are tools, complicated tools, meant to be safe to keep secrets Mm -hmm. like they're meant for that which is something Kubernetes is not really meant to so how can we sync it? The, The key is, how can we sync it? this was a community problem we had 15 operators even more doing the same thing one of those operators was actually kubernetes external secrets uh, Mm -hmm. from godaddy it was written in javascript and in 2020 there was kind of a community effort around it to merge efforts so why are we having 15 different operators with small different changes for small different edge cases when we could probably have one operator to roll them all. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the spirit. And this joint effort uh, was the origin of external secrets operator. We container solutions with our own operator. We uh, contributed to it. Uh, we gave up our own code base to actually contribute to this old new organization that came up. So this organization is ESO. We have been working on it effectively uh, ever since last year uh this year like uh, beginning january february we just got our apis to be graded beta so now it's like safe to put to production because we now have a compromise that we will keep uh, uh we'll have a happy path for users to actually promote it when we go to production and our main goal is i think we have we make a two years anniversary in november the main goal for this year is actually to get stable there is to go to uh, have a generally available
0: version of that. That's amazing. I mean, I, and you know, you know, it's a funny thing that you mentioned the origin story because every, every um, solution or every company that has the solution kind of this week, and even before this, I, I always love to hear the origin story. And It's always out of some kind of need that occurred that, um, you know, that, you know, you bang your head against the wall so many times and you just want to, you know, solve that, you know, because you just, it's 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 just human nature you don't want to do that anymore
2: yeah yeah and what i think is actually nice is that people didn't even know each other so there was yeah. like this big zoom meeting to say hey a bunch of strangers like 20 strangers saying mm-hmm. hey maybe we want to do that yeah i think we want to do that let's do that yeah so that's the whole uh, cooperation spirit that's this whole community is about right And that's
0: and that's what's amazing about this. Honestly, every single booth that I go to and I, I, you know, you guys have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends here and even people I don't know. It's just the, you know, the, the sense of community you get here, the sense of community that that is really around here. And it's probably amplified a thousand percent right now because everybody's just excited to be here. You know, so, so it's like, everybody just wants to talk. Everybody wants to, you know, collaborate. Everybody wants to do these things just because we've been locked in a basement. Well, at least I have, I've been locked in a basement for, for, uh, you know, two years. And, uh, you know, so, so I want to get out, you know, I know everybody else does.
1: Yeah, and, you know. But I think to Gustavo's point, it was amazing to see like random visitors of the booth coming. Hey, I'm using external secrets operator. That's and awesome. then we, we just came together as a community and we had so many conversations with people we didn't even know they were yeah. using that on a daily basis. I had uh, uh, a lady coming to me and she was like, I'm so grateful for this. <laughs> She thanked me so many times, and I was like, "Oh yeah, these group of people are the, the ones you have to thank." But that that's the beauty of community work. It's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it, it really is. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing because you know what? One of the things that I forget who I was talking to. Um, oh, it was uh, Emilio Salvador from from Google. He was he was um, he was telling me, he, you know, and we we were kind of having that conversation about how it used to be the big tech companies that would do all this, you know, innovation. But now I would, I would almost argue that the communities that have popped up are doing either equal or more innovation than some of these big tech companies now. And a lot of the people in these communities come from the big tech companies, obviously too, but you know, it's, it's so great to see people from different countries, people from all over the world, just coming together to collaborate. I think that is such an amazing thing
2: yeah and only for the purpose to give it back actually yeah it's like why, why are we doing this it's because we we received so much and we need to give it back right yeah so that's actually amazing yeah it's amazing
0: yeah i i love that so 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 much so what is what do you do you guys have a roadmap? do you guys have uh you know what, yes. what and what is it like how does it work tell, tell me a little bit about how it works
2: So uh, external uh, ESO, uh, it works uh, by, uh, we have like uh, an operator, you install the operator, the operator allows you to have two custom resources. Mm -hmm. One is the secret store, the other is the external secret. The secret store, uh, it's the custom resource that maps the provider, so it's going to represent a given provider. It's like my reference to my HashiCorp vault, my reference for my AWS parameter store and this is where we actually go to get the whole authentication of it Uh, one cool thing about external about eso is that we actually can have authentication with workload identities so we can federate the whole authentication so we don't have any sensitive information inside the cluster once we have that secret store let's say i configured my hashcorp vault i have it properly configured in a secure way i then create an external secret which is the like a request. I want to get my secret from that secret store, from hashcorp Cloud. And I want you, external secrets operator, to put that information like this, in this parameter. We actually have a lot of features to customize how to uh, store the secret. We can transform it. We can apply some templates. That's cool. Uh, because the tools that we are going cloud native, they're not necessarily created this time, right? Yeah. So, some of them need configuration files. And one bit of the configuration file is actually the sensitive information. Yeah. Th- does it worth to like keep the whole configuration file as a secret? Probably not. Yeah. So this is the kind of things that we can actually do to allow it. And the most nice part of it, this request, the external secrets, is something the application developer can do because it's not sensitive information i mean it has some information about the secret like the secret name maybe where it is but this is not really where the pinpoint is the real sensitive information the value the developer doesn't need to know so this is actually something that really benefits them to allow them to actually grow within uh, it, it gives like autonomy so it allows them to experiment on it which is again the whole culture thing that we were talking about so that's why i think there are a lot of synergies here that's basically it we're actually growing within our capabilities so we have uh, other custom resources that we can create to accommodate both more uh, different tenancy scenarios because this is like kind of a security related project yeah Uh, we have Possibility to do cluster scoped Or namespace scoped for the whole operator We can create cluster secret stores Which are extended Mm -hmm. We can bind them with role-based access controls Or other uh, uh, Like other tools Like a gatekeeper like Caverno And this actually Creates a very safe Way to And friendly way To use secrets This is actually the whole thing around and for the next roadmap, like we said, one of the, our main big objectives is actually to get the secret store and the external secrets to go to the generally available. Right now, it's a matter of only fixing any bugs that we find. We already put all the missing pieces together. So we have like validating webhooks to give user experience. We have conversion webhooks to make sure that our users are, can migrate happily, like quality of life here even though it's hard to build one, FYI. <coughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's now it's really up time about maturing things. There are like two features that we still need to add to have it whole set complete. But now we're really looking Just for... Just two, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and the, the community need actually grows, right? So one of the things that we are actually working internally, another cool thing about container solutions, this ESO, actually has another use for us that is to upskill our own engineers so we have a team of engineers that are were recently onboarded. they are actually fully working on an epic on a big new feature for ESO which is the capability to sync the secrets so mm-hmm. now we are downloading we are building the capability to upload it of course it's going to be incremental we have already like 15 providers in ESO probably we're not gonna have to have Fifteen bushes, you know, row like you know once, but it kind of grows. Just like we had, well, the project was intended to have only four providers. The other eleven came from the community, came Absolutely. from the community needs. Yeah. And we have feature requests for three, four more providers, and it's actually fun because our providers that are not obvious, like GitLab project variables. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of actually <coughs> getting project variables into your cluster? Someone had. Yeah. And now we can.
0: Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And, and when you think about it, I mean, what are the needs of, uh, you know, any of the containerized applications? You need variable stores, you need secrets, you need things like that. So that kind of makes a lot of sense, you know, to, to, to be able to um, yeah. kind of be the middleware for all that kind of stuff.
2: Uh, and the thing mm-hmm. is actually extensible. So we, yeah. so we take the Kubernetes uh, approach of extensibility, and even if someone has a very crazy setup, they can build a very crazy solution using eso as well and it will be compliant it will be safe it will be secure
0: that, that i mean that's that really does take a need and, and i'm coming from the kubernetes you know arena i mean that's something that i'm definitely going to check out you know after this so you know it's funny because i had this conversation a little bit earlier yesterday with uh, jimmy zelensky from from authz and he used to be part of the coreos team and was from responsible for uh, Quay and stuff like that. You know, this, this, and now he's taking on authorization, which he admits uh, fully that it's not sexy. And it's, uh, you know, but it's something that's really needed within this. And what you're doing too, is something that is extremely needed. And I've, I've bumped into this too. So, you know, I if, if multiple people are, are, are seeing this, then it's something that's needed. And there's the problem, the good and the bad in the Kubernetes, um, kind of ecosystem is there's so much that you don't know, like, do you need to write something and you want to use somebody else? Do you trust somebody else's, you, you know, code? do you trust somebody else's operator? Do you trust, you know, so, so all these things kind of have to be fleshed out and there's so much abundance of these things that, you know, there needs to be, there almost needs to be more standards around some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. I do feel like, and this is, this is another thing, um, that, um, the Kubernetes organization needs to kind of uh, create like more of those core components, like things like that, you know, because that's kind of a need of, that's kind of a core need, I feel like in that that area.
2: That's kind of a tight spot question because (laughs) the main reason Kubernetes actually is where it is, is because it is not that fully opinionated on a lot of things. So the fact that we can bundle an operator together and and customize our own needs, Is kind of why we are together in this whole scenario. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, some things are really missing as a whole, right? So maybe some key components should be there. I really cannot say for sure what are the right pieces that should be actually included. But, you know, it's kind of like a trade-off. I'm not sure, maybe the project started with one side, maybe it's time to pull the balance back to the other. But I'm not really sure even how to start that. I mean yeah, yeah. Where, w- what would be the first one?
0: Yeah, and I you know, I just feel like, you know, and this is true with every community project, is that because the community is so big around it that you don't generally create like this, okay, here is our mantra around Kubernetes, here's here's what we're gonna do and here's what where we're not gonna go. Like this is our core base values for, for what we're gonna do. And I feel like there's not that for, for Kubernetes. Maybe there is. Maybe I'm totally wrong, which is a total possibility. But, um, you know, I feel like that there there needs to be more definition around, around what, you know, what is actually determined to be that core and whether it includes things like that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it makes sense. It, it, in the sense that Kubernetes maybe was not that overseen, yeah. but that's kind of part of why again? It was actually as successful as it was, right? Yeah. I mean, not having someone owning everything <laughs> allowed people to actually mold it to the. But actual- you can design
0: as a community that this is what what our base values are. Oh this yeah, is, yeah. We're for not sure. going to go outside of that. For sure. You know? For sure. So, for sure. And I think that's good in two ways. One is that you create, you you kind of go towards that goal. This is what we're going to do. We're going to be really good at these things. And and the other thing is is that people who are creating solutions around it know that. Hey, I'm creating this solution and you're not going to come bring it into, you know, Kubernetes, you know, five months down the road, five, six months. And then I'm out of a a solution that we're either, you know, providing open source or, you know. Yeah, or enterprise. (laughs) Uh,
2: And actually, that's a good point. I mean, when Kubernetes was created, there was no community, right? Yeah. yeah. So how to stand up for values if we don't know are going to build up that's those values so maybe maybe that's about time we actually do it because yeah. now we are more i don't know uh clear yeah on absolutely. who we are yeah. as a group so maybe it's time that we can actually put it together and leverage to another level
0: maybe that's another shake that that, that oh, could be created that, <laughs> that just talks about those 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 values yeah yeah for sure for and sure. I'll, I'll i'll help lead that up no problem <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> so um so we're we're kind of running out of time a little bit here, but what I wanted to do, and I ask everybody here, you know, I'm a super techie. I love to to geek out on on everything tech. What is it that you guys have seen in Kubernetes? What is it that you've that you've loved? It doesn't even have to be tech. A lot of people have come here and said, I just loved seeing people again, and that's totally fine and and really valid. Um, but you know, what is it that really excited you about? Maybe something that you didn't know about. Maybe something that you saw. You know, what is what is it that's that's kind of Tweaking those boxes.
2: <laughs> for me, it's the whole supply security chain. Very tech. Yeah. But it's like, when I see the whole topic, that it, it's like boring. I, I will tell you, it, it is a boring topic. <laughs> yeah. But when I look Not at everything Not
0: everything's it, sexy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but it's like, when I see what they're reasoning about Kubernetes, and yep. I think, yeah, this is going to be like 300 companies asking for that in three years from now. Because... People need it, they just don't know they need it. And they need it at scale. That's what CNCF is about, scaling things. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of like a big point for me. (laughs) That's one that I'm changing.
0: Yep, yep. And what about yourself?
1: Well, uh, I think I was about to mention security in general because I see there is a stronger focus now, which is, I think it's a great sign because usually security is always left at the end and that's what causes Mm -hmm. all the troubles. Uh, But in general, I'm intrigued to see the evolution of Kubernetes because I think it has reached a sort of mature stage now where it's, like you were saying, it's not that sexy (laughs) now and you have to maintain, you have to update a lot and it's uh, sort of maintenance sometimes. So I think the community, because the community always likes challenges and changes. I don't know what what they are going to come up with, to be honest. But I think something is going to happen to to shake the the Kubernetes ecosystem. So I'm just curious to see where where we're going to go with that. That's it. I feel like you have some inside information that you're not telling us, though. (laughs) You know? No, but I can tell you where you can learn more about ESO, because...
0: Yeah. Uh, that was my next question. Ah, lovely. See, but I love that you had that leading, so she knows how to work this, so go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, uh, we are trying to build a community, and like I said, it was great to see that even here at KubeCon, we have a community already, uh, but we're going to have our first meetup in June. Wow. On the 23rd of June, so keep an eye on that. And we're gonna have a special feature in our WTF is Cloud Native newsletter in June as well. Uh, Gustavo wrote uh, a lot of uh, articles and blogs about ESO. Our other contributors like Sebastian Gomez. He gave a talk at the What the yep. Fuck is a Sorry uh, conference. Oops, I said the oh word. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> um, <laughs> so check out our YouTube channel, Container Solutions, and the WTF is um, Cloud Native newsletter. So.
0: Yeah, you know, she discovered everything I normally say when I wrap up. I say, like, where can we find you? All these other kinds of stuff, all these other kinds what? of things. So she's totally taking my job away, but that's cool. Two I'm, steps I'm, ahead. Yeah, yeah, she's two steps ahead of what, what I do. So, yeah, no, when you have that meetup, I'd love to hear more about it. And maybe post-meetup we can do another one of these and we could talk a little bit about it. Or you guys can always invite me over there and obviously I'll come, you know, to see you guys. And we could just have live live chats the whole time.
1: Okay, you can go to Brazil, Gustavo, <laughs> you can come to me, to London, then yeah. Amsterdam, we can do a ESO let's, let's do tour. It. Let's
0: do it, we'll do a whole cloud-unfiltered, okay. you know,
1: nice. tour.
0: It'll be awesome. It'll yeah. be so much fun too. you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show, guys. I always enjoy having you guys. I love what you guys do, and I think it's, you know, you guys, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're in that central area where you get to see all these different things and what's going on, and like you said figure out solutions to these things and I think that's amazing and not to mention you put on really cool events and oh, yeah. that, that you that's know sure. and and they're just amazing although I think you know Carla you and I we have to figure out some kind of music and tech event.
1: Yes, <laughs> well now you're, spo- you're revealing the spoilers yeah. because that's what I didn't we say, want I to said, do. I said,
0: I said you know we need to figure it out I didn't say that we're going to do it I just said we need to figure it out.
1: It might be happening soon but uh, yeah. We'll see,
0: we'll see. All right, well, thanks again, and, uh, you know, um, as always, really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you, Mike, for having us. Thank Thank you. All right.
0: Thank you.